Victim to Victor brings inspirational stories and experiences of regular people who have made the transition from feeling powerless to taking control. Your host, narcissism relationship expert, life coach, and psychotherapist, Dr. Maria Jansen, is here to educate you about narcissism. From victim to victor will empower anyone and everyone. So please welcome your host, Dr. Marriott Jansen. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to episode number 10 from Victim to Victor. I'm your host, Dr. Maria Janssen. We're broadcasted by Broad Grace Media TV. And here is my assistant. She's very happy not. She feels a bit like a vixen. She's powerless. She's stuck. I grab her and I show her what to do. And she's like, oh, not again, is it? I have to do it because can you hear her little bell? That is for you to know that if that goes, you know who's attached to it. But also if she barks, which might happen, you know that this is the big bark of this little number. And also Molly is my assistant. She's with me all the time. Then I see clients, then I do my writing, then I do my television show. She's there. She's there to support me. She's there to support, to support you. And she's there to support my clients. And they love her most of them so from victim to victor today is uh, from london we are in london my guest from today is from the states we are produced from new york so it's nice and international and all over the world but if you look behind me can you see that flag that's the flag of i think it's great britain and uh, we had four days of big celebrations in this country because our Queen Elizabeth has been on the throne for 70 years. And they call it the Jubilee, and it was four days of street parties, parades, just people getting together because we had this holiday, and it was all about a community feel, and it was all about celebrations and just being happy and being free. And I absolutely loved it. Molly had a beautiful bow and with the same flag, which she also didn't love so she felt a bit upset about that again she was a little bit of a victim and then i say from victim to victor this show is for everyone because at one stage in your life you might have been a, vic a victim in one area it might be finances it might be health it might be a relationship it might be airline strikes or cancelled flights like my neighbor who is having to do her exams, her high school exams today, couldn't get back from holiday because there were canceled flights all over here in, in the UK and in Europe as well. So from that point of view, she is a victim and she has to find a way of getting through it and coming out the other end as a victor. How do you do that? I will ask her when it's all over, not now. But it is to demonstrate that being a victim is happening to everyone in different circumstances. From victim to victor seems to be a theme for me now. You know, I'm, I'm, all my work is going to be 
around that. And it started with my first book. And that was about narcissism. Me growing up with a narcissistic mother and only discovering when I was about 55 what really was going on. So I was a victim in that situation for a long time, freed it all up and came out the other end. I loved that journey. But I also seemed to be able to apply it in so many more situations. And I would love to have that message for everyone saying, if you feel a, vic a victim, you can get out of it. First step is to admit that you are that victim, to notice that you feel stuck, that you feel powerless. And that is the starting point where you go and look for solutions. That is the starting point of your journey to become a victor. Anyway, if you want to know more about that, if you want to be on your journey or if you are on your journey but want to talk to me, you can book a free coaching call at any time. Just go to my website, drbeatrice.co.uk, click the button and book that call. Simple. That's what it is. Now, that's the introduction for today and it's time for you to, to meet my guest. My guest who um, I'm so happy that we met today again, because whenever we tried to meet in the past, it didn't always go well. Our first two attempts to meet didn't materialize. I booked, I booked, it was sort of an interview, it was a conversation with her, and I was on my Zoom call and I was waiting and no one turned up. It's a bit disappointing, but you know, you can live with it. I rebooked. I was sitting in front of my laptop, waiting to talk to her. She didn't show up. And then I got an email. Oh, we had such a lovely conversation yesterday. And I thought, no, we didn't. So it was a bit impulsive, but, but sent an email back. Then I then got an email and saying, hi, I was there twice for you and you didn't show up. My fault. I booked something for 12. And I thought it was 12 noon in the UK. It was actually 12 midnight mm, for me. So I wasn't there. And Adrian was hanging on the other side at her time in her time zone waiting for me. So that was quite that was quite a laugh. Anyway, we met. Okay. However, she had a show booked. She had a live show booked for a few weeks ago. Then it all went pear-shaped with technology. So again, it didn't happen. Today, it does happen. So Adrian, hello. Good hello. to see you. As you're <laughs> telling the story, you froze on me for like one second. Oh, no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> now voice is finally here. Well, I've got a technical solution, you know, that didn't work last time. Should work now, but we'll see. We'll see. So it's so great to have you here. I'm so pleased. And we've got lots of interesting things to share with the audience. But first of all, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Well, let's see. I am a celebrity healer, and uh, I work with people all around the world to heal their their ailments. Um, I actually started out as a celebrity psychic. And yes. I got the, the message, you know, the first thing I ever did was take a healing course. And I'm psychic now, and everybody keeps telling me, oh, you're a healer, you're a healer. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a healer. <laughs> so 
But I learned 13 different modalities thinking that it was just for me. It was for my family. It was for my animals, my friends. And that was it, that I wasn't going to be a professional healer. And, um, you know, I, the biggest thing, honestly, that I really wanted to heal and the reason that I felt like I couldn't do this professionally was because I saw ailments go away. I mean, people would tell me, you know, they had things magically disappear from their, their health. But I'm like, but what about the mental health? What about people who are suffering from depression, anxiety, and other mental disorders? Like, that's what I really want to be able to get in and tackle. And so once I put the 13 modalities that I had learned together, all of a sudden I started seeing that happening for people. And I was like, oh, I'm a healer. <laughs> this is what I want to do with my time, my energy, and uh, my life. Because I remember what it was like to be depressed. I remember what it felt like growing up um, in, a, in a place where you feel like you don't belong. Like, you're the odd one out. You're the alien. And I was like, I want to help people that are dealing with the same thing, but it's caused more issues than maybe it had caused me. Mm. Mm. I love when you say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But actually, you're then sort of life pushes you into that position yeah. and and you find yourself doing the right things. Absolutely. That's exactly what happened. It was like destiny. Like it was always going to happen. It was just going to happen at this right time. And I, you know, I probably could have did it a lot sooner, but I was so resistant to that because I just didn't like, who's going to pay for healing? Like, who's going to want that? Like, that's just not a viable career. Like, I'm not doing that. So that, that changed overnight when I started, you know, all my psychic clients, I would give them free 15 minute sessions and all of them converted in that moment, except for mm. like one person. So I was like, oh, people do want this and they need it. That's amazing. In such a short time. And this just sort of being on the receiving end of energy yeah i love i love the stories that you told about that and i love that so many people can benefit from that without well toxins and and medication and chemicals and things like that yeah yeah listen we, when we had our pre-meeting we were talking a, a little bit about the concept victim to victor and when you were really small, you were in you you grew up in quite challenging circumstances. Would you oh like yeah, my my you know I had a family member that was a narcissist, and I of course you don't know it at the time. You have no idea what's going on, but my and my family was just odd. I just it, I felt like I was the only one who was either crazy or normal in <laughs> this family, and I didn't know which. Uh, as I got older, I, I remember being like four or five thinking like these people are crazy and who mm -hmm. thinks like that. I remember being really young, just saying like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like none of this makes sense. I remember asking questions to try to make sense of their reality. And it didn't really make sense because you have somebody who's a narcissist and then you have the person who's going along with the narcissist and then you have the person who's becoming the narcissist. And it's like, this is not working for me. I remember, oh my God, I remember being two years old and we, I was grew up a Jehovah's Witness. So we were at this convention. They have all these congregations come together from miles and miles away at this really big place for thousands of people. And I remember being like two years old and I'm like, I know I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to make a run for it. Like I just knew that I was going to run and some magical family was going to pick me up and they were going to take me home and my family would never see me again. And so I'm running. I remember feeling the whip through my hair, running as fast as I could. And I was like, I'm almost, almost there. I'm almost there. And then all of a sudden I get picked up and, you know, pulled into the air and I turn around and it's like my dad. Uh. And I was like, that's disappointing. But I remember even like at that age, just being like, it's time to leave. <laughs> get out of here, find a new family. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the situation I grew up in. Talk about feeling like a victim. Mm. But I, I thought I had a solution. Just didn't work out. Yeah. The solution was in your head and in your fantasy, but it didn't turn yeah. out at that moment in time. I recognize it. I grew up in a narcissistic family and I had that feeling like I don't I don't belong here. Something is wrong. And my mother had a twin brother and I'd made up in my mind that actually I was the daughter of the twin brother. That was a really good explanation that it was still family and then I could maybe go to the twin brother. But that didn't work out either. That was yeah. They didn't yeah. they didn't do that. It has an it had an mine as a two year old, I was trying to get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm too my family is narcissistic, it's really abusive. I can't do this. You have to save me. Yeah. You couldn't speak the words by then, I guess. Do two year olds talk? Well they or talk, but they just they not talk. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. all thought processes. Yeah. Uh, what happened, the, the way it affected you, we spoke about it as well, is how you were with other people, how you were in relationships. That was a real, real challenge for you. You, overca you overcame that, um, and we are going to talk about that after the break, because we are entering the first break already. Time goes so quickly, isn't it? So we are going to talk about Adrian's experience uh, with relationships, and that was partly, not partly, that was fueled by the, the setting she grew up in with her narcissistic family. And she will explain how she got through that and how that affected her life after the break. So please stay tuned. This is from Victim to Victor, BBM TV, with your guest, Dr. Maria Sampson, and we are now entering the break. So please stay tuned. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick. Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to EasySense.com and learn how, with your help, we can fight these horrific brain disorders. That's EasySense.com to learn more and help support the Broderick Foundation. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth, published by iUniverse. Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them. 
discover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Um, it's like a, a flow inside. Yeah, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic. On the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Hello, welcome back from Picture to Picture with Dr. Maria Jante, BBM TV, blah, blah, Toho Kaboodle, and my guest, Adrian Blackwell. She grew up in a narcissistic family. She is an energy healer. She has done lots of fantastic stuff with her life but she started as a victim in that family and it affected her in the way that she was with other people adrian can you tell us a little bit about that uh yes one of the things was it was funny that you actually kind of mentioned you know the whole email thing that we had in the beginning of our relationship um is that used to trigger me a lot is the way people would communicate with me so um, when you come from a narcissistic family, you're always on edge. You think everybody is out to get you because that's what it feels like when you're around a narcissist. Like they're just waiting to do something, you know? And so I get an email from somebody asking a question or, you know, maybe they're questioning me about something or whatever it is. And I would respond as if this person is trying to attack me. And all of a sudden they would email me back and I would have completely read the situation wrong. That's not what was happening. And after having that happen so much, it actually became embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And so that was when I noticed, I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I looking at everybody? You know, it's, it, that's my filter. My filter is that everybody is out to get me this. They're not being nice to me. They don't want to be, it was horrible, but I had to look at that filter and that was just the truth. And so I actually had to work on that. And then I'd see it in, you know, my, my everyday relate. I think it happened everywhere. It was my relationships, my friendships, email. The email was the one that got me big time to really see my filter because I was reading everything wrong, not just here or there, but everything wrong. Hmm. I mean, I didn't know that, of course. And my email to you was a little bit angry as well it's maybe something triggered it in me you know you rejected me twice sort of and pretending that you were there for me like the picture from the family so i did that but i remember that you got back to me really calm really measured where you said well this is actually what happened to me as well mariette it was not just you and then i had to admit that it or realize that it was my fault but i remember how measured that was so that shows you've come a long long way 
Oh yeah, nobody can really trigger me to do that, I think, ever again, because I could be right, but what if I'm wrong? I don't want to create that kind of energy between people. I'll speak up for myself, but do I need to do it in a rude way? Absolutely not. Yeah. And, and from your perspective, you had a reason, you know, you had the experience that would feel like I need to email this person and tell them what's happening. Um, for me, there was, there was nothing like that that would trigger it. It was just, I read the email wrong because I was waiting for people basically to attack me. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just the reality. And so after being embarrassed enough times, I started thinking about, okay, how can I change the way that I'm thinking? And so one of the things that I decided to do is I assume everybody likes me versus people don't. And yeah. that actually changed a lot of things. It's like, how would I react if I assume that this person likes me? How would I talk to them if I assume that this person is a friend? You know, and it changed my filter a lot. It took some work, but it was way better than assuming people didn't. I think, and this is a very valuable lesson for anyone who's listening uh, today or to this show, is like, if something doesn't work out for you or if you find yourself being aggressive in your response or uh, non-productive in your response and you're angry or you're upset, to just go back and think, what actually is my filter? Do I think that these people are nasty to me? Are they out to get me? And maybe if I change my filter into maybe they're just my friends, maybe it's sort of, you know, all this the positive intentions that people send this to me, it might be very, very different. Yeah. yeah Did you I've learn that? Asked me about that. They, they asked me, well, what if somebody really is trying to attack you? And I was like, but why do you have to act as if they are? Why do you have to react to them? Like, why is that so important to you to react to their behavior? You know, and, and I think that was like a defining moment for me was like, even if somebody is trying to attack me, why do I have to react in the way that I've been taught to react? Like they can't hurt me, it's over email, especially over email. We it might be a little bit different in real life relationships, but an email, like you can't really hurt me with an email, so why do I have to react that way? And so I, you know, I get to meet people who have really bad filters just the way I did, and bad meaning that it's negative, it doesn't give you the results that you want. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see somebody who can spin any truth into a non-truth just because that's their filter. And mm. so I've actually been able to see a, a mirror of how I used to be, which is very fascinating. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? When you can so recognize what is going on in that other person and knowing that you have been there, but that you came out the other end. Exactly. And that didn't, I guess that didn't happen overnight. You didn't wake up one you morning. Know, I will say what changed overnight is realizing what I was doing. Like the last thing that embarrassed me was like, it, that's the last thing that will ever embarrass me. I'm never doing that again. That was an overnight change. But shifting on the how do you do that? You know, yeah. because in the beginning, when I get an email, I would still see the same filter. I would still see the same thing. I would still get angry. I just wouldn't respond. So yeah. I had, so this is how I transitioned. I made sure I took a deep breath. And I'd have to read the email three times. If I'm upset and this triggered me, I have to read it three times. And by the third time, I'd actually see something very different than what uh -huh. I had seen before. So I could no longer become responsive. I could no longer act on impulse. I had to think and breathe before I spoke. And sometimes I would even give myself a day to respond. One to three days to respond was my goal. And, um, and I did. And it was if I gave myself the time to let go of the old and bring in something new, my response was completely different. So just the decision um, to do that was overnight, but actually seeing the change in the email took a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. 
And that makes sense because it is a change in behavior and your automatic response, your automatic reaction becomes, stays a little bit automatic, but it was only for the first bit that you not acted on it, recognized it and then started to change that behavior. Yeah. 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 And then to see people on the other side when you're not mad, like you're not upset and you're not filtering that they're against you, but they are. That's fascinating to be on the other side of it. And you're like, that's what I was doing? Mm. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm so glad I changed. But it's very interesting to actually be on the receiving end of that. And I was like, I'm so sorry I did that to people. You know, it gives you compassion for who you are and for the other person. And then you still don't react because you understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. 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 And in that compassion for the other person, it actually shows compassion for you as well. Yeah. Isn't it? It's all, yeah, it's all, all good. Let me, um, there was something else. You've, you've got dyslexia, haven't you? I do. I do. Yeah. Um, yes. I shall I, shall I read out? Let me read out what, uh, what, what came up is dyslexia is a learning disorder that involves difficulty reading due to problems, identifying speech sounds and learning how they relate to letters and words, the decoding. It's like a reading disability, and it also affects other areas of the brain and the areas that process language. It can, it can have an effect on different things. So how, how does dyslexia affect you? Well, it was interesting. Um, I think it was in seventh grade, and I was homeschooled, but you'd have to go to school every week um, and give everything that you've written and all your homework and stuff to a teacher and she'd look over everything and then give you your homework for a week and she was like how do you not know how to spell this word and I was like I asked my mom about it and that's how she said and she was like that's not how I said this to spell it so I had spelled it completely different than what she said and in my my filter my dyslexia filter I was like that's exactly what she told me <laughs> and so she did a little bit of she did a little bit more research and she saw a few things that were turned around and she said you have mild dyslexia and I was like what's that you know and then yeah. you know I found out with time with dyslexia and every every dyslexic is different this is something that I've had to learn with time too we don't all have the same issues there are people who literally cannot read I mean everything is backwards um, and it takes them time to relearn that some people can't relearn it some people have issues with numbers versus letters things like that um, so mine was actually very mild, but there's times where somebody can repeat like a, a phone number to me and work like letter for letter, uh, number for number. And I will write like it, they'll say 58 and I'll write eight five. And it yeah. happens more so when I'm stressed. It happens more so if I if I don't get enough sleep is when I really see it. And so, um, yeah, when you live under stressful conditions, you're very dyslexic. That's all I can say, you know, mm. Um so it was something that actually I could actually see if I was stressed by how bad it comes out, which is just fascinating to see. Mm -hmm. So and this was all, you know, you were you were young. You you were in a family where you didn't feel you belonged. Um, you had dyslexia, which was which made you stand out. You talk about filters, but I think you also said about your younger years, you you looked at the world, the world looked different to you than it looked to most other people. Mm -hmm. So you were a bit like the odd one out. You were also from the age of 15 doing psychic readings, weren't you? Well, I remember at six, um, I had actually 
went to my my mother, my sister had went to my father and said, "Can I go spend the night over you know this person's house?" She was like fifteen, and no, she was younger than that. She was like twelve. So I went to him because I overheard it, and I went to him and I said, "Like no, don't let her go." And he looked at me like I was a little you know like is she joking? Like what what's going on with you? Yeah. And he let her go anyways, and I was angry. I was mad. I was like, why? You you, you know what's going to happen, and you're just going to let her go, you know? And so she, of course, 11 o'clock at night called to come home, and I said that's exactly what was going to happen. And I don't remember what she said happened or why she wanted to come home, but she came home crying. And then I was like, see, I was right. And I honestly just thought the adults were stupid. I didn't realize that I was having a psychic experience. I thought we were all seeing the same thing, and they were mm-hmm. just being mean and cruel to my sister. So um, I was different from a very early age. That's all I can say. That was the first time I realized how different I was because I was willing to speak up for the things that I saw where I felt yeah. like they were. Yeah. 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 It was a very interesting reality being psychic in a non-psychic household. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, I, yeah. 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 Gosh, it's so interesting. Ah. <laughs> You're going to talk after the break a little bit about um what you're doing at the moment work-wise but and and how that all came about and you know the i think what already what you present to all of us here today is the word filter and how filters can be really personal and if everyone is aware of their own personal filter then it creates the opportunity for everyone to just see the world from their point of view and to be okay with that because it's your truth and that's fine. But very often, especially when we were young, we don't think like that, of course. So it's going to be a break very soon. We are coming back and Adrian is going to talk about her psychic abilities a little bit more, about her energy healing, about how she moved through life being the odd one out on uh, a few different levels and how she got centered in herself and arrived at home in herself. That is after the break from from victim to victor. If you want to hear all that, please stay tuned. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. The opiate epidemic has reached crisis levels, and with so many families affected by addiction, opiate-related drug overdoses, and death, the time is now to have a real constructive conversation about addiction that could lead to better prevention, treatment, and recovery. Alan Charles, author and keynote speaker on drug abuse and prevention, presents The Alan Charles Show. Alan brings a message of hope sharing his unbelievable story of surviving a 24-year addiction to cocaine and high 
highlights from his memoir, Walking Out the Other Side, an addict's journey from loneliness to life. His raw honesty and courageous heart breaks the stigma of addiction and offers a unique perspective into the mind of an addict. Join Alan each week as he brings his listeners to a true understanding of the grip of addiction. It is only with this understanding that we can begin to heal. The Alan Charles Show, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network. All of a sudden, we are back. I was talking to Adrian Gladwell. She's my guest today. Uh, we had a little break. You had to listen to um, Edward, but we had a nice little chat together. And we were talking about her experiences. Remember, she was the odd one out. There were a few things that helped her. Being in a narcissistic family, being psychic, having dyslexia. And there was something else. And that was that she really struggled with relationships, with friendships, because she wasn't experienced, she wasn't exposed to healthy relationships, had no benchmark. How do how do things like that work? So they didn't. They didn't work, did they, Adrian? No, they didn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I can remember, I remember my last good relationship before I healed was when I was like six years old. And then she moved away, and that was horrible. Mm. Um you know, it was it was interesting because I even remember being like two years old and my my um, closest friend next door, they were moving too. So I think I already had a filter that when you're close friends with somebody, they're going to move away or they're going to leave in some way, shape or form. Um, and then I remember just later on in life, just not agreeing with any of my friends about anything like, oh, they're out to get me and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. You know what I mean? And so I created, I think, a lot of issues. I know I wasn't the only one all the time, but I know I created a lot of issues in the relationship that didn't need to be there just based on the way that I, I saw things. But I remember I moved to New Zealand with, at then, my best friend. And we didn't have a lot of issues because I think we only knew each other for maybe like a year and a half. But when you live in close quarters with somebody in a new country, those issues yeah. come out big yeah. time. And so I remember we're sitting at the kitchen and we're having a disagreement and I don't remember what I did, but I made it very apparent the friendship was over. Like, I, I know that we, we're not going to be friends anymore after this. And and she kind of stood there and <laughs> looked at me like I was kind of strange. She goes, do you think when people disagree that they, they can't be friends anymore? Hmm. I had to think about that because, yeah, absolutely, 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that I am right because <laughs> I have to be right, you know? And she was like, that's just a disagreement. It has doesn't mean that we're not friends. And it was like something clicked in my brain, and I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I was in my 20s, and I was like, I, don't, I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea. You could disagree with people, and they don't just leave. They don't move away. I was like, what? So that was, that was such a change in my mm. belief system and looking at the way that I thought for so long. And I wonder how many times I ended friendships based on that idea. And it wasn't even true. Mm. I ended friendships that maybe weren't supposed to end. Like it's so crazy. Just the, at that moment, like all my whole life came rushing in at me and I was like, Oh no, I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. So what comes up here again is the word filter. Yeah. You looked at relationships through your filter but what also comes with keeping relationships in check and, and keeping them healthy are skills. 
we all need to learn skills on how to communicate with each other to keep relationships going like you know not lashing out and being clear in how you mention that you're not happy about someone's behavior maybe setting a boundary again that's not the end of the world but i think after this event you started to learn and i love when you say i have this innate learning this hunger to know talking to people and in all sorts of other ways to learn more about how people can deal with each other how they can communicate how they can build a relationship you know it's it's interesting because when you think about narcissism um which is where this conversation even started and stemmed from you 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 realize they think they're always right and that they have to have that perception of themselves all the time and there is a blessing in realizing you're wrong there is a blessing in somebody a friend telling you the truth about yourself because a lot of times those are the, the intimate partnerships that you have are the ones that you actually allow to tell you some kind of truth about yourself you know you don't want a stranger just giving their opinion uh but you know when when my friend had said that and i i could actually admit that in my mind i was absolutely wrong and i probably ruined relationships in the past due to that i realized that i need to learn more because it's my lack of educational relationships and communication that was creating a lot of the problems cuz my family didn't communicate i mean yeah. that just was my mom is very silent she keeps her mouth shut even when you know whether you tell her she's right or she's wrong it doesn't matter she's still kind of like Mm. you know like i i who knows what she's thinking right so i don't remember ever really learning positive or or useful communication skills to be honest with you and so my idea was like i want to learn for the rest of my life to be the best communicator yeah. and and that because listen when you come when you have a filter that everybody is out to get you and maybe because your family was really out to get you um that filter causes so many issues like I would not tell people how I felt unless they triggered mm-hmm. me into anger. Like anger is the only way that anybody will listen to me. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I was wrong. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can actually not get angry and tell somebody how I feel and they're like, "Oh, I hear you." And I'm like, "What's mm-hmm. that? That's new." <laughs> Wait a minute. And also, I hear you. I hear you and I'm not going to shoot you off for this. It's okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to have your opinion. Maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, doesn't matter. I'm still listening. Mm. And that's an amazing transformation that happened when I gave people the opportunity to do it. Now, some people because of the the who I was and who I attracted couldn't do that. And that's fine. They don't need to be my friends. That's absolutely okay or they can learn. And so I gave people the opportunity to to change or move on to meet people who could communicate in the way that that's really healthy. And that was a transformation that was I love it. To this day I'm just so thankful for my friends saying to you, do you think when people disagree that they're going to end their friendship and I'm like, oh, mm. wow, change my whole world. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so interesting. It's one simple sentence at one moment in time in one situation. It and is. as you say, it can change everything. It can change your position from the victim who's powerless, doesn't know, just was like, what the hell is going on? I don't know all of a sudden you start to understand what is going on and that gets you on the journey to come out the other end to be that, that victim to be in control and what you say about victim that's the reality is my my filter was a victimized filter it was coming from the place of a victim when she gave me that power to realize not everything has to to break apart and blow up and you know you're not setting fire to the bridge you can never go back it's the point of no return um mm. that that 
was that was like the moment where you know everything really does change internally mm-hmm. and that the more you learn the more you grow the better life gets it was like from that moment on mm-hmm. that I remember that that's just happening yeah. so yeah pretty uh, incredible and yeah, then we were a victim because yeah. I could learn my way out of it even if I felt victimized I could learn my way out of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's one of the things, you know, um, the knowledge is key in a process to sort of come out of it because you need to know about yourself and you need to know about circumstances or skills or whatever it is. You need a, a, a combination of those things to move forward. Yeah, I ah, love that, love that. Tell us a little bit about how it is to be an energy healer you know energy healer is really phenomenal because um you can learn how to manipulate energy in such a way that it becomes very easy to do um you learn how to build energy up and then send it to somebody else because just like reiki which is the first modality i had ever learned it's universal life energy it's the the things that keep your heart be the energy that keeps your heart beating and your liver working and everything and when you have a disease there's something that's being depleted and so you're just giving a person back what's naturally theirs um to help it run correctly so that was kind of like my first aspect of of energy healing and i've had people tell me that they've been in a webinar with me where i'm running energy sessions and their cancer disappeared and the doctor confirmed that they said they felt it disappear and then the doctor confirmed it i have people told me that cysts disappear that could only be removed through surgery i've had all of these people telling me things but for me one of the 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 biggest things like the biggest outcomes because it, it i personally identify with this was a woman who came into one of my webinars and she said that I don't know I didn't know who you were I don't know how I found you but I paid to come to one of your webinars and she said you told us to write down our intention one thing that we wanted to heal and she said I didn't know I didn't think it was going to work but I decided to write down the number one thing that I wanted and so I run this energy on people's intention right so when you want to create you run energy on their intention and she said her intention was to quit smoking after 30 years Mm -hmm. And um, she quit smoking the very next day. Even addiction can be healed in a day. And the reason that's so close to me, because I started smoking when I was 15 and I couldn't stop. I could not, I wanted to stop because I realized when I got sick, I was being, I was staying sick for like a month instead of a week. And I don't like being sick. Anybody who knows me, I'm a big baby when I'm sick. I do not like being sick. (laughs) I can't stand it. (laughs) I'm like, I need to quit. I need to quit these cigarettes and I can't, you know? And so when I was, uh, when I got pregnant, I actually quit. And my boyfriend had told me at the time, he was like, you're a smoker. You're going to start smoking as soon as she's born. And it scared me so bad. I would have nightmares about it. So what I ended up doing, and this is how I, I went from victim to victor. So him and I, our relationship was over and I'm, you know, five years out, I'm still waking up with nightmares. Like maybe once every three or four months, I'm waking up with a nightmare that I'm smoking. So I decided that I was going to take my power back and I was actually going to start smoking again. So I bought a pack of cigarettes and I smoked a cigarette a day and I told myself 30 days, you quit. You'll never have to worry about this again. And I think it was the day that my best friend called and she was like, hi, can I speak to Adrian? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's me. And she's like, oh my God, you sound like a man. (laughs) I smoked that moment and I didn't pick up the cigarette again. I was like, that's it for me. But the nightmare stopped. I got my power back. 
And so when somebody can tell me that they don't have to go through a process of getting pregnant or 30 days, you know, start smoking again to stop smoking, and it happens almost instantaneously for them, that is the biggest testimonial that I I felt so connected to. And I want to share that story with others. Like, it's that easy to heal. Mm-hmm. I love the whole concept of energy healing. And, you know, uh, it's it's the story. Yeah, it's stories. But it's also, I've done a healing session with you uh, online. You were in the States. I was here. And we were with a group. And I really felt something. I wasn't ill or, you know, there was nothing wrong with me. But after that session, I felt really, really grounded and really, really connected. So something was happening to me as well. So thank you for that. You're welcome. We are going, we are heading for um, the next break. So I would like you to sort of stay tuned and, you know, listen to the summary, the last advice that Adrian Blackwell has for all of us. And um, yeah, we will see you back at From Victim to Victor. Please stay tuned. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. Mike Zurich, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike Weinsensberg was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the veteran spoke-style wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for the Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. Hello, welcome back everyone from victim to victor. I've been talking to my guest, Adrian Blackwell, and what did she tell us? She grew up in a narcissistic family, like I did. And she then discovered that she looked at the world through a filter. A filter is how you translate what happens in the world and how you think about it and then how you react. And if you change your filter, you can change your life. She changed her filter from everyone is out to get me to ah, people just love me. And that made a huge, huge change. 
also what she learned is whenever there was an email, email was an, a weak point that could really sort of get her into an automatic anger reaction, is to take some time to read it a few times and only then see what actually was communicated to her. I'm wrong was another uh, discovery that she did in, in social relationships. It was really difficult because she thought she was always right, which is also a leftover from a narcissistic environment because narcissists are always right, isn't it? And then learning, lifelong learning courses and workshops and talking to other people and always, always, always having that hunger to know better. Yay. Uh, and there was something else she just said what she learned another thing of learning well i will say the one missing piece i think that we haven't covered is the fact that i actually started working with other people as well because it's a nice thing to see other people's filters that have more healthier filters because it, the world does not exist without our filter you know it's either a positive or it's a negative and so i wanted to work with people who had positive filters and that changed my life too yeah yeah i think that's yeah. why a lot of people have gotten a lot of uh, help even from your books it's because there's a it's another perspective right it's another filter that's education. It's education. And it sort of, it opens your eyes and it opens your mind if you are willing to let that happen. Yeah. Absolutely. But I also loved it when you said from the past, it's like you learned and decided to be nice to people. Do you remember that? You know, yeah, because you can be mean because of your filter. But when you realize that your filter is most likely wrong and that most people's are, I mean, you, you just, you don't even remember reality correctly when you're trying to remember it correctly. Um, and they know that just from when police officers talk to witnesses to some, some degree, like they'll get the colors wrong. They'll get generally the, the, the just of something that happened, right? But all the details are wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't remember correctly. And so when you have that understanding, you can have compassion for other people. You don't have to be mad at people just because their filters are off. You can either stay away from them, you can educate them, you can, you know, show who you are so that they can get an idea of, of how our filter can change. I mean, we have so many options in this world not to have to deal with everybody else's filter that it's amazing how when we become a victim, we think we only have one choice and it's the choice we don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and not the choice that doesn't make us happy. Yeah. 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 And I think just connecting with other people and seeing their filter is opens you up to see if you can pick something from their filter and, you know, apply it to yours because it might work for you. You might be attracted to that. It might be helpful for you. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, especially in our society, we have this belief system that like, if you don't, if you're not beautiful, like a model, then everybody can't love you or like you. Right. It's, that's a filter. And so if I look at this beautiful model, who's confident, I can pick up that filter too. I can have that same confidence. And so it's really interesting to even see how many filters we like. And we're like, Oh, I can't have and it's like you can choose any filter you want. Any filter. I love that. On that note, Adrian, I think you can choose any filter you want and choose the ones that make you happy. And I think that is the message of today. My guest, Adrian Blackwell. What is your website, Adrian? It's adrianblackwell.com and that's Adrian with an E N, not an E N. Yeah. 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 So Google her, she pops up everywhere, seriously. She's doing online summits, she's doing all sorts of activities. So if you want to get in touch with her, find her just via her name, Adrian with an E, Blackwell. What was it, adrian.blackwell.com? It's adrianblackwell.com. .com, yeah, one dot. Okay, 
thank you so, so much today for being here. And I'm so delighted we made it happen. There were no technicalities. <laughs> Just managed to sort of fill the time. And it was an absolute delight to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. To all of you there, thank you very much for tuning in today. Next week and the week after, we won't have our show at the regular time, but we are back at the last Tuesday of June with um, Mr. Guest. So there we go. So I wish you a lovely three weeks. Thank you for tuning in and mm, lots of love. Oh, and Molly. Molly has to say goodbye. Mo, come here. Mo. Ah. Mom was just like looking at me and said, Mom, are you not going to present me? Yes, I am. So here is Molly and Mariette, and we're wishing you a very, very good few weeks. Bye for now. Bye. This has been From Victim to Victor with your host, Dr. Mariette Jansen. Is there a narcissist in your life, and how are you being affected by them? Tune in each week and let Dr. Marriott offer you the tips and tools you need for support and to make changes to your situation, helping you to change from a victim into a victor.